Does he ever work in the way you expect? I don't think he ever does. I think that's what part of what's so exciting is because you get to see it's an adventure. Stay tuned. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Welcome to Positively Joy. Are you living life but feel like something's missing? You've come to the right place. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and here we discover the true meaning of joy and learn that it's not just a feeling, it's faith. Jesus says in the Gospel of John chapter 15 that we can be filled with the only joy that will complete us simply by abiding in the Father's love and doing His will. This season, we will explore finding joy by walking with God in our everyday lives. Stay with us and hear other stories as they too have walked this path of discovery. Author Jennifer Sienes didn't grow up reading the Bible, but an invitation from a friend to a Beth Moore Bible study changed her life and began her writing career. Jennifer's next book in the Bedford County series is These Simple Gifts. Jennifer found God in that simple gift of invitation at a time she needed to be closer to Him. Listen as she reveals how she walks with God today. Here's Jennifer. Jennifer Sienes, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, I'm so excited that you are have, allowing me to do this. I'm excited about this. Well, any readers out there, listeners, uh, this is going to be a great show for you. Uh, Jennifer has uh, several books uh, in the category of women's fiction with an emphasis on romance. She's a Christian. And so, and she has been inspired by God to write these books. And so I want to talk about that today as we continue to explore how we walk with God every day and how we're open to his prompting. So again, Jennifer, I think this is going to be a great conversation. And I always like to open it up so that the audience gets to know you a little bit better. So tell me a little about your faith walk. Well, it's interesting. Um, I've just been thinking a lot about this because my church has asked me to speak and I'm a little nervous about it. And that they wanted that whole idea. How did you end up writing and where did this come with your faith walk? So I've been thinking a lot about that. So, so appropriate. But um, if you had asked me 20 years ago, if I were a Christian, I would have said, yes, absolutely. And I would have been wrong. Mm-hmm. I attended church every Sunday. I prayed every night, but I was, I was not obedient. I was not submissive. I was not a Christian. So I had a big season of just one bad thing happening after another. And it just proved to me that I was not in control. I really like control. I'm that type A personality, you know, if you're not, if you're into the Enneagram at all, everybody knows the Enneagram. I'm a one and I'm just real (laughs) like to be in control and I'm type A. So I just thought I was really in control and the Lord took everything from me. I mean, he just knocked me flat on my face. And that's when I um, submitted everything to him. I just, I knelt and I said, dear Lord, please, I, I have blown it over and over again. You've been prompting me. You've been pushing me. I've been rebelling. I just need something good. 
I just need something good right now and to come into my life to show me that you're really real. And that week, a friend of mine that I was a teacher at the time, I taught middle school and a friend of mine came to me and she was, she was a Christian. And she said, Hey, I'm, our church is starting this new Bible study. Do you want to come with me? And I'm like, that's what, that's what I need. I said, absolutely. She goes, it's Beth Moore. I said, Oh, who's Beth Moore? Had no idea. (laughs) So, um, that very first Bible study was instrumental in showing me that God doesn't necessarily answer your prayers um, in the way you want him to. He gives you what you need instead. And at that time, my ex-husband had just walked out on me after 22 years of marriage saying he needed his own life. My daughter was recovering from traumatic brain injury. My mom was dying of leukemia and I just was broken. And it was the, and I've done I don't know how many Bible studies, tons of them since then. And it was the only one where I've gone in and the facilitator said, I want you to write a letter to God on your first night here. I want you to write what it is you're hoping. This was in February. By the time we're done with Bible study in May, what are you hoping? What prayers do you want answered? And I put number one, I want my marriage restored. I want my mother healed. Neither one of those things happened. Mm. But by the time the study was over, I realized God had something better for me. You know, why would I want my mom to be in any more pain from leukemia when she could be with Jesus? Mm-hmm. And how could I, I can't force a person to stay in a marriage who refuses to do so. He has free will. But I trusted that God had something really fabulous in mind for me. And I was, I was giddy with excitement to see what he had coming. And he has been so faithful through every hardship. He's been so faithful to use it every time for something better. Let me just point out, thank you to the friend who asked you to Bible study. Don't you know that there's so many people who are uncomfortable doing that, who she probably knew you were going through some stuff. We don't know how to talk to people. We, We get uncomfortable it's awkward. So thank God for your friend Absolutely. that encouraged you. I mean, everything, all the books, everything that you have now and that we're able to read and enjoy happened because of that friend. I believe so. Thank God, of course. <laughs> of course, God. Yes. <laughs> Whispering in his ear, the devotional, explores talking and listening to God's message for us. Now, read God's voice and how to listen a new companion study guide to the original devotional that provides discussion questions and more insight to the scripture that reveals how God talks to us. Get the series on Amazon. And, you know, he put that dream on my heart when I was a 12-year-old girl. You know, it just took me years for him to hone my character to what he needed it to be so I could actually be useful to Mm -hmm. him, not write what I wanted to write, write what he needed me to write. Mm-hmm. makes all the difference. So you are experiencing these things. Um, you go to Bible study and the prayer is, the prayer is answered because he answers prayers, but not in the way you, you thought. So at, right. so in May of that year, where kind of, where were you um, on the spiritual level? Because, you know, you, you, you opened, probably opened up those envelopes again and reread that prayer. I um, did. What did you take from that? Like at that time? I, you know, I, I, I hope was the main thing. And I had started attending a more 
I hesitate to say it. I grew up in the Catholic Church. And even though Me too. I too, and, and my husband, I married again, and he grew up in the Catholic Church. And I never understood what that meant that Jesus died for my sins. I didn't get how him being crucified, they didn't explain it. They didn't encourage you to read the word. So I had never read the Bible. And that very first Bible study was John, you know, and it was, it was so clear. I was, I was broken and ashamed that I didn't know it, that all that time that here, Mm -hmm. here's what Jesus did for me. And I didn't even understand it. Mm -hmm. And, um, Here's the thing that was really cool. My mom and dad both, again, were Catholic. But my mom had a real deep spiritual. Both of them did. My dad was baptized as a child in, um, I don't know what, what denomination, but in a Christian denomination. And then when he married my mom, he became Catholic just to keep things copacetic, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And my mom was dying. And I was studying the Bible. And I was spending a lot of time. See, this is, again, how God is so amazing. because. I had two um, teenage children. My husband left me. My mom is dying. When he left, the kids went with him because it was easier for them. And that's hard to explain, but my son was going to school in that big city. My daughter couldn't commute because of her car accident. So here I was at 42 years old, alone for the very first time in my life. Mm -hmm. And um, I would spend a lot of time with my mom. And she called me one day and she said, Jen, I'm just... I'm, I'm, she knew she was dying. She goes, I'm really scared that I've committed a sin that I cannot be forgiven for. And I said, oh, mom, you know, that's not true. I said, did Jesus die for your sins? Yes, he did. I said, did you ask for forgiveness for the sin that you think you can't be forgiven for? Yes. And I said, then it's done. And I watched her go from being fearful of dying to embracing it. It was mm-hmm. a gift, you know, to be able to watch her be that um, and, and after that, every time I went to visit, she had, she was bedridden from August until her death. I mean, from, um, January until her death in August. And every time I visited in her bed, she had that Bible was the number one thing she was immersed in every single day, which was a gift. So I feel like God gave me that gift of saving me when he did. So I could be there with my mom when she needed me and I could really appreciate you know, that she died this faith-filled death. And I praised God for her. You know, I cried and I, I mourned her, but I was so glad that she, I don't, I don't get sad when I know somebody's saved and they die. It doesn't, I get sad when I know somebody died that wasn't saved. Right. Mm. You know, if, if things had been different, your kids were with you, husband was still with you, You know, I don't know. It's not like maybe you couldn't have communicated that to her, but you had, I mean, really, you kind of had one, you had one thing that was being with God and being with your mom. Absolutely. And and maybe it just was more clear cut. You know, I think a lot of us think that getting closer to God is just harder than it is. I mean, it can it certainly can be hard if you are distracted. Exactly. And you're in and you're in the world, which was which was my story, career, just distracted and everything. Um, but I think that people think that it is some complicated ritualistic, I mean, really, it's nothing. It is it is opening yourself, which exactly. certainly can be difficult for lots of people and not just 
type ones on the Enneagram, but that's particularly hard. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm a three. Um, and, and my hang up, of course, the unhealthy part is, um, just being overly preoccupied, preoccupied with how people see me. That's the unhealthy yep. part of the three. And that certainly can be a distraction and get in the way. Yes. So just clearing everything out. And he did that for you, not in the way that you would have expected or wished, certainly. Does he ever work in the way you expect? No. I don't think he ever does. I think that's what part of what's so exciting is because you get to see it's an adventure. Yeah. You know, you can't predict it. You just have to hang on and go with it. And oh, this, it's exciting. This reminds me of something that I wrote in, in my devotional. You may have seen, seen this meme on social media. You see the two kids on the roller coaster. Have you seen that before? Um, the li- t- there's a little boy and his older sister. Maybe that's who it is. And she is smiling, just, you know, enjoying her time on this roller coaster. He is panicked. You can see the panic all over his face. And the and it's and the the picture is labeled um that the Holy Spirit, this is this is my life for you. And she's the Holy Spirit, and he's us. Right. He's the he's the scared little boy, the scared little girl, and she's the Holy Spirit because we're gonna take you on a roller coaster. <laughs> Don't know what to expect. Yeah, yeah. But you need and, to. And if you're a control freak, if you're a control freak like I was, it certainly um, can make you a little bit shaky. But yeah. he's kind of taken that away from me. So yeah, yeah, and a blessing. Well, it was it was a blessing for him to make the space for you. Absolutely. And, and when did the books come during this time period? Well, so I was teaching middle school, and. Um, Uh, why I was, you know, which was a salvation for me, I'll tell you, being able to focus on my students. And uh, I loved teaching middle school, I really did. And being able to focus when I was going through all the depressing things. And then um, I had been, I had been a patient at this chiropractic office um, for years. And the chiropractor is now who the man I'm married to. He's my (laughs) second husband. And when I went in, because my ex-husband would go in with me and we would both get adjusted and I went in by myself and I was fearful he was going to ask where my ex-husband was because I was going to start blubbering and it was going to be a mess. Mm -hmm. And um, he didn't ask me. And then I went went in the following month, he pulled me aside and he goes, is everything okay with you? And then I I did, I I was a mess. Mm -hmm. So it turned out that we were both on that faith walk. I was doing Bible study. He was doing Bible study. And I would go in and we would talk about the Bible. What are we learning from God? What is God showing us now? And little by little, um, I realized that there was something more than just a friendship there. And um, a teacher I worked with actually said, oh, I think you need to go out with him. And I said, no. He goes, yeah, you need to ask him out. I said, no. I said, he's a really good chiropractor. When he tells me no, then I've got to go find a different one. I think I'll just (laughs) leave things the way they are. Well, unbeknownst to me, this teacher called him and told him because he was a patient of his. He goes, oh, no, you two belong together. So we started um, seeing each other. Mm -hmm. And he asked me, uh, I remember him specifically asking me like around New Year's. He said, if you could do anything in the world besides teach, what would it be? And I said, I'd write, absolutely write. So when we got married, he said, if this is what God put on your heart, don't you think it's what you should you should explore? And so that gave me permission to stop and actually write. Well, 
I spent a year of just trying to figure it out. What am I going to write about? How am I going to do that? And then my brother, who was also instrumental in bringing me to Christ, my brother was a Christian, gave me my first Bible, um, and he committed suicide. Mm. And it was horrible. He had a misdiagnosed bipolar disorder. They had him on wrong medication Mm -hmm. and he took his own life. So when I got up, they asked me if I would speak. He was only a year older than me. And when we were kids, we were inseparable. People thought we were twins. And when I got up to speak about him, I clearly heard God say, this is your story. This is what you were to write. And so I was like, wow. Okay. So I wrote a story inspired by my brother's suicide. It was not my brother's story. It was just the inspiration behind it. Mm-hmm. But it was so dark, so dark. So I rewrote it completely twice. Meanwhile, I was writing other books. And so that's when that journey began. I was going to conferences. I was meeting with people. I actually got a pretty well-known agent backing me. And about that same time, again, this is how God works. You're thinking, okay, I'm on the road, right? It's going to happen now. There was some issues that were happening in my husband's office. And he said, can can you come in for, well, I actually volunteered to go in for a few weeks. He had a staff person going out on medical leave. So I Mm -hmm. stepped in that few weeks ended up being two and a half years. Oh, wow. And yeah. And I knew it was what I had to do. And I told my agent, I don't know what to do. And she said, your husband has supported you. From the moment you started writing, mm-hmm. he supported you. All you can do is support him. I'll be here when you come back. And of course, when I came back, she retired. So <laughs> I was stuck. Now they gave me a different agent. It didn't feel right. I'm like, what do I do? What do I? I just prayed and prayed. I kept hearing the words, let me be your agent. And I'm like, okay, God, what does that mean? Do I self-publish? Do I? He just said, let me be your agent. And so I'm like, okay, be still. Know that I'm God. Let me be your agent. I continued to go to conferences. I met a, a um, small, uh, an owner of a small publishing house. She asked for my manuscript. She loved it and she gave me a contract. So I've been writing under Celebrate Lit Publishing since then. Mm-hmm. So I've been working with that small. So I didn't need an agent because she's her, her publishing house is also a ministry. She does it to get good Christian work out there and not making it impossible for debut authors to get started because it's hard. Yeah, it is. Yeah. To break in. That's wonderful. The Positively Joy podcast is a member of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app. You know, it's pledge season on some public radio networks. We don't do that here, but we can't exist without your support. Join my friend SP in becoming a Patreon monthly giver. You can give as little as $5 and receive some great benefits. Go to PositivelyJoy.com and click support. So I know that the way the books were published weren't in the way, in the order that you wrote them. Um, Correct. But but the way we see these, um, tell us a little bit about your book series. And you've got a new book series starting too. I do. I have a new book series coming out on Tuesday April 12th. So by the time this airs, we'll probably be way past that, but Tuesday, April 12th. So the books are called the Apple Hill series and they um, take place in Northern California, which is where I grew up. My grandparents owned property when they retired on um, off of Apple Hill drive, which is a big apple. Well, it used to be little farms spread out over around above Placerville, California, gold country. And it grew and it grew and it grew. And now it's like a major tourist attraction. 
Well, they lived right off of there. So I grew up spending my summers there. So the series takes place in, in Placerville. And mm. each book is a standalone book. It's tied together by the setting, which is um, Apple Hill, and, and one pastor who is, is in each of the stories. That's the only thing. Otherwise, they're standalone. You wouldn't know you wouldn't know one from the other. So you could read them in any order. But I actually wrote my brother's the Providence first, and that's the one that's third. I wrote Illusion second, and that second. I wrote Surrendered last, and that one actually got published first because it was it was more of a fun thing for me to write. So it wasn't there wasn't a lot of cathartic wrestling of emotion and everything. It was more just a release of fun. So yeah, ready to go first. So I've I've had the opportunity to speak to Becky Wade, who does do Christian romance, and I've often wondered how difficult it is. Um, and not to say that yours is in the Christian category, but as a Christian, how difficult is it for you to to write, keeping your own values and mores in mind, but also allowing your characters to do what characters do because you know they sometimes they they have their own their own way um so as a christian writer how how does that work for you it's a balancing act for sure and um illusions which was uh, inspired by actually by my daughter had a car accident when just when she turned 18 and was had um was in a coma traumatic brain injury a year of rehabilitation and i took that story and i i put it plopped that that um, particular thing into a Christian, a pastor's home and a pastor who is not, who's having troubles and his wife who's having troubles and everything that the church expects to see underneath is starting to unravel and people are turning on them. Mm-hmm. As you, you often see pastor's family is supposed to be perfect. They're not allowed to have issues. And so I plopped that in there. And a lot of people were like, I don't like him. I don't like him at all. the reviews. I couldn't stand him because he was human. Yeah. You know, he was hard on his kids. He was angry with his wife. He was dealing with the struggles. He was human. And it's funny that people, I had a couple of people say, I want, I want the the characters in a Christian book to be perfect. I want them to be Christian. I want to, but we don't get there that way. I mean, none of us get there that way. We're broken individuals. So it is a balancing act. You want them to be likable, but you also want them to be flawed. Mm -hmm. You know, and being Christian, it's clean. I could go through and write without any scripture in there. It still would be fine for Christian as long as it's clean. Mm -hmm. There's no sex. There's no swearing. So you get around it that way. But I, the more I write, the more I cannot leave scripture out of it because it speaks so clearly to our growth and our sanctification and who we are in Christ. If we don't know scripture, if we don't know the word, if we aren't in the word, then we're missing the biggest component of that walk ever. Wow. How, do you, how can you know who God is if you don't know the word? Absolutely. And so the new book, Night Songs, tell us about that. Mm-hmm. So that takes place in Middle Tennessee because about four years ago, my husband and I did an adventure. We lived our whole lives in Northern California and we moved to Middle Tennessee. And I love it here. And I wanted the setting to be so different. I wanted the flavor of the South where you get the, um, not just the smells, it smells different. It rains more here. The California, we don't get rain. I mean, it's always, it call, it's called the golden state for a reason because it's dead. 
And so one of the things in this story, night songs, is you have, um, you know, Nashville is, is considered music city. It's the music city capital of the world. So you got to bring a little of that in. Um, Middle Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, Bedford County, it's called the Bedford County Series, is is just full of horse ranches. And so you want to have some of that in. So Night Songs doesn't have the horses it has the music. The second book that's due um, actually on May 1st that I'm just finishing up, that has the horses. So each one has a different component of the South of what, what is happening in the Middle Tennessee area. Now, that sounds great. And where can we get the books? Available on Amazon or elsewhere? They are. You can order them through um, Barnes and Noble if you want them, but Amazon's probably the easiest. Barnes and Noble, uh, they're just a little harder to work with because they have to get the bin, the ISBN number and everything, but they're all on Amazon. Okay, great. Well, I just can't wait to, you know, just really uh, soak up all the characters of the new, the new series. And so um, I encourage everyone to go check that out. You have a quote that I think is really interesting that I'd like to talk about a little bit. And that's where crisis and Christ collide. Tell me what you mean by that. That's my tagline. Um, because I think it's, it's where we come together. That's where we grow, where you have crisis and you're, you've got to, you know, if you can, you bring it together and you, you know, it, it combines together in order for you to grow. And, and most often, a lot of times for me, it was, coming to Christ was in the middle of crisis. And some people, they, that's what it takes to get you flat on your face and and realize that you cannot do it on your own. And, and there's something bigger and better out there. And so that's what that means. But all of my books, their people are in crisis and it's how they grow in their faith, that faith walk. Sometimes we hear when people tell their stories that they had to hit rock bottom or they had to, as you said, just, you know, just face down on the ground uh, and be and be wrecked before they can begin to grow. Um, the fortunate ones are able to to use that right. as a as a launching to grow. But there are some people that find it hard to come back from that. Find it hard to take that. Right. That's a prompting in itself, really. So if you were to speak, you know, speaking to someone right now who's going through some crisis and maybe feel like they've hit the bottom, but they just are having some difficulty seeing, seeing the beauty in it, seeing the opportunity in it, seeing the God in it, what would you tell them? Well, I think, first of all, um, our reaction when we first go through a crisis isn't immediate to jump to the joy. I think that it's a process of coming out of that and seeking out. And, and I would say for me, for me, what would always help is really going to the Lord and and reading the Word, reading devotionals, praying. And I would open a devotional, and there would, it would be so clear, or a piece of scripture would be so clear that God was speaking to me, and that gave me hope. And little by little, you come out of that that pit that you're in. But you have to you have to make the first step. You know, you have to at least work toward that. Walk in faith, even if that faith isn't quite there, you know, fake it till you make it, whatever it takes to get out of that. Because I think if you you move forward and you cling to him, there's scripture that says that, you know, draw closer to him and he'll draw closer to you. And I think that's imperative. And I know for some people, I, I have a sister-in-law who's going through a really, really hard haunt time right now. And we've talked to her over and over again about she's not a Christian and um, and we've just She's very private about mm-hmm. how she thinks. And she told me the other day, if you could just pray for me, I know that God listens to you. And I said, God listens to you too. 
He listens mm. to you too. He listens to all of us. Oh, yeah. But you have to, you know, she goes, I'm trying. I, I'm reaching out. I'm, I'm going there. So I know she's go. She's going toward that. But sometimes that's what it takes. It's like, I don't have anything. I'm broken. And where do I go from here? You know, and sometimes that's what God wants us to be, where we need to be mm-hmm. before we're going to grow. But yeah, that pit is sometimes hard to get out of. But cry your tears or whatever, but don't give up. Don't give up on him because he will. He will make it beautiful. It's like that tapestry. Have you heard about the, you know, if you look at a tapestry and you look at the back end of it and it's full of knots and gnarls and frayed threads and it's just, it's a mess. But if you flip it over and you look at it from the front side, it's stunning. Well, our 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 viewpoints, the backside, all those knots and, and snarls and all the mess that we make of life. But on the front side is what God's going to do with that life. That's what he's working on. And I, I truly believe that with my heart. Amen. That's so beautiful. Well, where can we find you? I love, I think that's a great way to kind of end our conversation, but I want to make sure people can find you. Um, tell us your website and I'll put this in the show notes as, okay. as well. And where we can find you on uh, social media. Well, my website's my name, jennifersiennis.com. Um, social media, uh, author Jennifer Siennis. Um, I even have a readers group that you can um, find and, and get invited onto. I'm on Instagram, Jennifer underscore Siennes. I'm on, I'm everywhere. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of Jennifer Siennes out there, but um, that's, yeah, I try to keep everything pretty simple. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Uh, I wish you thank so much you. luck with Night Songs and the new series. And um, uh, let's, would you mind if I pray for the new series? Oh, I, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for uh, allowing Jennifer to come and speak with us today and to share her knowledge and, and help us understand how you can suffer, the, as they say, the slings and arrows of life, but still find the beauty in it and find you there. Um, I, I ask you to continue to bless her. Uh, continue to bless that writing muscle that you have graced her with uh, and that the new series is um, as successful as ever and that it blesses so many people out there, so many readers, uh, and also people who maybe don't even know Jesus uh, and can bless them and get them closer to God. I thank you for this podcast. I thank thank you for all the guests who come on the show um, and the wonderful conversations that we have reaching so many people and touching lives that we will never know. I I thank you. I also ask you to touch people's lives who maybe have never been to church before so they can come and get to know you better. ask all this in your son's holy name. Amen. Thank you. All right, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy. Please leave us a review and a ranking wherever you are listening. Special thanks to music composer Morel Sanders and to editor Susan Marie. For more podcasts, go to thejam.online to listen to Journalists Advancing Ministry about journalists who have left media for the ministry. And go to amazon.com to read Whispering in His Ear, my book of devotions that include life lessons, prayers, and journal writing, along with multimedia songs and spoken word. For Positively Joy t-shirts and other merch, go to PositivelyJoy.com and click shop.